Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shannick. And we're glad that you joined us wherever you are. If you haven't already, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate that. Share this episode on your socials. Text it to a friend. We appreciate all the love, all the encouragement, and all of the support. Yeah, so we're so thankful that you tuned in today. There is actually no question of the week this week because we are changing it up and doing something different today. This month and over the next several weeks, uh, we just wanted an opportunity for you as the listener of Two Pastors and a Mic to just hear from some of our friends in ministry. We want you to hear what's going on in their world. We're, we want you to hear from their perspective on uh, church, ministry, life. And so joining us today all the way from Piqua, Piqua. right? Piqua, Ohio, we have Pastor John Scott with us. Yeah. Welcome. Happy to be here, gentlemen. Yeah. Happy so, to be uh, here. so John actually came in last year and preached at Hill City. And um, for those of you that uh, that come out and call Hill City home, you will remember him. He talked a lot about the kingdom and kingdom culture. He just did an incredible job. For those of you that were not here um, and have never met John, just know that uh, Man, he is, uh, man, just an amazing voice of kingdom culture in the world today. And uh, Corey will tell you, he thinks he's pretty sexy, too. Yeah. He is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say uh, I'm pretty sexy. You got to be confident. <laughs> you got to rock it. People need to know. Exactly. You, you know, know, God spent a little, he gets spent a little bit more time on you. Man. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just real quick, just uh, so our listeners can get to know you, could you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, just a little bit of your story real quick. Yeah, I'm from uh, Gary, Indiana, originally, just outside of Chicago, probably about a half an hour from Chicago. Um, met my wife, Stacy, when we were young in the United States Air Force, Nellis Air Force Base, Las Vegas, uh, along the way, it was called to preach and uh, start feeling like God was calling me to to start a church in, of all places, Ohio. Uh, it took about a year for me to believe that was him talking. Uh, okay, wife, four kids. Uh, long story short, we went, uh, we dropped everything, left military after 13 years. Ten years after that, we finally started uh, True Vine Church in Piqua, Ohio, and uh, it's been um, almost 14 years in October. And so, uh, hey, I'm just living life, man. Got got kids, grown kids, a couple of grandkids, and uh, just living that life. So I guess what you could say is what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. Didn't stay, dragged it with me. <laughs> some of it, anyway. I dragged, some of it, I left. <laughs> some of it, I left. But, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So... Um, loved hearing your story. And I know you've shared with me like, um, some details of that along the way, kind of how God worked and orchestrated yeah. just your move and really just helping you awaken to like the truly good news and yeah. not just the, the good news of grace, because I know that, and our listeners will know, we want to empower people in their identity, Yeah. but we can't just preach the message of grace without pairing it with the message of the kingdom, because with the kingdom, it becomes uh, something that as sons and daughters, when we know who we are, uh, we ought to know how to act and yeah. how to step into kingdom activity in the world today and yeah. take that upon ourselves um, as citizens of heaven to come in and not only affect change in our area, 
but also help other people awaken. And I know yeah. that's a, a really big thing on your heart to do. And so um, just for a minute, so I, I um, just recently uh, transitioned um, here at Hill City. So Corey is now the new teaching pastor here. Good. And it's afforded me the opportunity to get out into the community more. Um, I have several trips where I'm taking teams even out of the country. Yeah. Um, I want them to have a bigger worldview so that they can have a bigger God view. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted you to join us as well, because we want, and I specifically maybe would want you to just speak for a minute on um, maybe your perspective right now on the kingdom, on church and like, what's one thing that, that you see God doing, um, in like your area of influence in, yeah. in your city in Piqua? Yeah. Uh, when you talked about, uh, the kingdom of God, cause you guys want to empower people when it comes to the message of grace. And, uh, one of the things that I've come to believe about the kingdom of God is that it expands your understanding of everything because everything is lived within that, that, that culture and that context that we've actually become citizens of another culture and that culture, uh, mirrors the nature of God himself. So for example, if God is love and he is, then the salient characteristic of the kingdom is love. And so we have a community of love that should be every church, even though every church has its own particular culture every church should be a place of love because God is love. And so uh, one of the things that I noticed that used to frustrate me is that, well, God would give you a particular revelation about a particular thing, say faith. And uh, people would then be locked into faith to the place that they can't understand anything further that God may show them. And so I think about um, Abraham and Abraham had all of the land in Canaan. God said, I, I've, I've given this to you. Uh, but he never built a permanent structure. He was like a nomad. And so he just had a tent. And he and his sons would, they, they would close that tent up and they would move about that land. And that's how I see uh, doctrine and theology in the kingdom of God. And so the problem we've had is that, for example, when faith the word of faith a strong revelation comes people build a structure and they become faith people now it's an identity now when God starts to shine a kind of a light on grace and to reacquaint us with what grace is mm -hmm. people in that faith place or have built a structure and an identity so they can't move forward they have to be true to the revelation of grace and then they faith and they start to argue with the people who are about grace and then when grace started to be re-emphasized i just knew it was coming that we're gonna have grace people and once we have grace people it's gonna be a thing and then we're gonna build a structure and then when god tries to show us something beyond that or how that fits in a larger context then we're going to resist moving because now grace has become my identity we're grace people and that's what started to happen in so many grace churches um, become lethargic because of that. Mm -hmm. So the kingdom of God is what Jesus preached. Um, and he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The changing of your mind because there's a new government. The government came upon his shoulders. Government of peace, a different culture. And within that culture, you preach about uh, faith 
and grace and love and any number of different things because the bigger picture is about the transformation of the world uh, one generation after generation, all of us individually in some small way so that God's culture and the cultures of the world start to come into greater alignment. And so in our city, um, I'm starting to see more and more uh, smaller pockets of people um, for community that people really just wanting to connect and and learn and ask questions in a loving, non-judgmental kind of environment and hug one another and be there for one another. And and uh, I think that's how the kingdom really looks, the kingdoms within you. So I love that. Actually, I love that you just said that because that was unplanned because yeah. I think it was last October when you were with us and you yeah. preached at Hill City. You actually said something that gave me specific language and verbiage, especially around the deconstruction yeah. uh, conversation. And we did a podcast, I think it was like six episodes on deconstruction. And one of right. the things we talked about was living in theological tents yeah. and not in theological structures, yeah, which is what exactly. you just said. And you said it six months ago or whenever yeah. uh, you were here. And I love that verbiage and how that paints an incredible picture for us yeah. that faith is a journey. It's yeah. not about putting your feet in concrete, even though I was taught that in seminary, yeah. Yeah. is you have to have these beliefs and you got to stand on these beliefs. And faith is more about being in water and flowing yeah, and exactly. being okay with changing what you believe. Yeah. And I love that, that illustration. So what would you say is one of the biggest things that impacted your life that was a spiritual tent, not a spiritual structure? Um, the, I think the first strong revelation I got, I grew up in, in church, uh, missionary Baptist church, black missionary Baptist church. I had to say black cause it's, it's a whole different animal. <laughs> so it's uh, true. And if people don't know, <laughs> since this isn't a video blog, right. and this is a podcast, John right. is black. <laughs> I am black. I am of African descent and proud of it. Let's but, go. um, I grew up in that environment, and I really didn't care anything about God then. And then in probably the first 10 years of my adult life, we weren't living a, a life of following Jesus in any way. And so one of my first revelations that I got when I, when I really uh, received salvation and started to walk in the plan of God for my life was that of a true vine, that the vine um, that we are all branches and that he somehow intravenously feeds us and we start to bear the fruit of the vine, meaning the characteristics of God himself, love and joy and peace and patience and all that. So when I started church, I called it True Vine. And um, that's where I was. It was very individualistic. It was about us individually being transformed into the likeness of Christ. But in 2015, I started to get this revelation of the kingdom, which I thought I understood but didn't. (laughs) a revelation of the kingdom of God and that just broadened how I saw things and so it's not that obviously I abandoned the whole true vine thing but it 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 was a phase and I was moving into another phase that I that I call kingdom life got it tattooed on my arm kingdom life and that everything for me is about that uh now and so rather than getting stuck in one place and making it my thing so to speak you have to stay open to what God may be saying to you because he's all it's always more to know whenever you get to the place that you think you've got it all figured out you don't and the more that I learn the more that I grow the more that I know 
the more conscious I am of the reality that there's a whole lot more I don't know. I love that. And actually, I was talking to somebody last night who was talking about the fact that God gave them a word 20 years ago, and he was so frustrated with the season that he's in because he's like, well, God gave me this word, and I shared. I said, well, why have you made that word a monument for today? Is That might have been a word 20 years ago, but what is God saying to you today that might be totally different? Yeah. And he was like, I never thought about it like that before. And that's exactly what you were talking about is being open. So many times we wait for a word or wait for a direction, and then that becomes our life mission, and we miss God in every season Exactly. because he spoke back then, and that's what we're holding on to. Yeah, exactly. I always think of it as, uh, I always think in terms of, I don't know why, because I'm I'm not a a record producer, but for some reason, uh, I think in terms of, uh, say, Michael Jackson, uh, there'd never be a Thriller album if he kept singing ABC with his brothers in Las Vegas, you know what I'm saying? Come on. And so he had, it was more in there. There was more for him to express. And so he was able to do that by being flexible enough to say, this phase uh, has ended and now I'm transcending, not transcending that phase, but transitioning into the next phase. And that's that's how we always have to be if we're disciples of Jesus, that means we're following him and we can't we can't know for sure like 20 years i can't even hardly think about 20 years ago so 20 years from now uh who knows where i i will be and what i'll be saying and thinking and understanding and so that's always the problem with religion is it just becomes this this idol this thing that stays fixed and then it's like, well, if God is, if our father truly is the creator of all the galaxies, you think that we just scratched the surface of what we know about him. Mm-hmm. And as, as he starts to reveal more about himself to us, it opens up what we understand about scripture. It, it up opens what we understand about ourselves. Uh, and then you have to shift to accommodate uh, that fresh revelation. Yeah, so you just mentioned transition, and I love that. And following Jesus is this journey, and it's from one season to another, from one transition yeah. to another. Um, just want to hear from you, like, what would what would you say uh, your perspective or what you have seen maybe be, like, one of the hindrances why people get stuck, why people don't want to make that transition? Yeah. And I know we talk a lot here on the podcast on – Sometimes people just don't want to do it just because it's a lot of hard work yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot of uncertainty. But but what would you say would, would be a hindrance that you've seen from people just continuing on that journey and yeah. being okay to follow follow the spirit wherever spirit's yeah. leading? Been my experience that is uh, comfort. I mean, it's just something about it's called comfortable for a reason that it's an ease and a comfort when you are what I'm doing what I'm familiar with. I'm where I'm familiar. Um, I, I got this mastered. It's like driving back and forth from work. You take the same route. Sometimes you're halfway there for you, you've forgotten you were driving. It's so automatic. And people like that comfort. And when it comes to transition, as you said, you don't always know exactly where you're going. God said to Abraham, go to a land that I will show you. And then Abraham starts to go before he knows exactly where he's headed. And so God always does that where he'll he'll give you a bigger picture of something and then you have no idea how I'm going to get from A to Z. 
because we think, okay, A, B, C, D. Well, he could take you to A and then take you all the way over here. And in your mind, you thinking, well, B would be quicker just to jump over here. And he's yeah. taking you on a way that seems longer and uncomfortable. And so, so often it's that, that comfort zone. It is uh, having to do things differently. And more than anything, guys, it's like people don't want to grow as a person. And what I've learned is that when you're transitioning to something else, somewhere along the way, God's growing or developing you in in certain areas of your life so that you can actually occupy the space that he's taking you to. And some people don't want to grow. They just want to, st- this is what I know, this is how I feel. But transition requires that you're going to have to, to grow and change and shift and and people just it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I I can relate to that. I think I also have a lot of fear of that unknown, mm-hmm. of like specifically around provision. Yeah. It's like, okay, what's next? Is yeah. it this? Does it look yeah. like this? Good and point. if it doesn't look like this, that comfort of my paycheck yeah. is nice. Yeah, man. So <laughs> there's a fear that yeah. sometimes is crippling, sometimes is paralyzing. Yeah. From and, and it prevents you from walking in what God might have for you because like you said, it's comfort and there's that fear of yeah. where's my paycheck coming from then if I'm supposed to walk away from this. Yeah, that's a great point. When we uh, left the military, um, my first question to God was like, well, what, what do you want me to do next? What am I supposed to do next? You know, and I started working in the post office for a while. And um, like I said, that was a big part was like, what, how, how, with my wife and my four children, how, am I, how, how do I go about this? And it's scary, but there, there's just something in there where I felt like um, I want to believe God for real. I don't want to sit in a church and say amen to stuff that I really don't really believe. Mm-hmm. And so it was all on the line. One day I don't want to be on my deathbed, as they say, going, what would have happened if I had just trusted God? And that was a greater drive than the fear I had of the provision. And he's always come through, not always the way I want him to, because I had to work in a factory for a year and a half that was backbreaking labor, and uh, I was pretty upset about that. (laughs) But it's it's the way he chose to to provide, and he always did, so... I yeah. get that, though, that fear. And I love that. And hopefully you as a listener are challenged by that. And you kind of contemplate and think about, um, man, you do not want to be on your deathbed thinking about what might have been. Yeah. And yep. what God could have done Yeah, through empowering you and what he could have done if you could have just trusted yeah. um, a journey and a path that he had for you. So. Man, thank you so much. That actually Man. challenged me in oh, the good, season good. I'm in and, yeah. and in this transition season for me uh, to just trust. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate, you know, having you on. Um, I think if it's okay, uh, let's kind of lighten it up a little bit to end. Okay. I just kind of want to hear more from uh, from your perspective just to get to know you even a little bit better. So yeah. I'm curious. Um, this is just going to be some random off the wall questions that I can just think of in the moment if that's cool okay and uh these have no rhyme or reason I didn't think about these beforehand by the way (laughs) no so let's just start first off uh favorite athlete of all time favorite athlete of all time is Walter Payton 
Oh, Chicago Bears running back. Yeah, I don't know who that yeah, is. Man. man, King. There was this old game on the Nintendo called Tecmo Bowl. I don't know okay. if you remember it, but oh, if you got Chicago Bears and ran yeah. it with Walter Payton, you can do the right sweep. Yeah. You score a touchdown every single yeah. time. It was like a cheat code, a code in the, I think yeah, for I the Nintendo. That digital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was freaking, yeah, Walter, well, it was freaking awesome. Yeah, Walter was freaking awesome. Gary, Indiana, and uh, we at the time we didn't have a team before we stole the Colts in Indiana. Uh, and so I was a Bears fan. Yeah. And uh, he was like my fave. I was like, right. But current, you're a Colt, Indianapolis Colts fan. I'm right? an Indianapolis yeah. Colts fan since, uh, man, I think it was early 90s. Somebody said I couldn't be a Bears fan. You're from Indiana. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll take the Colts. And, right. Um, Harbaugh was the yep. quarterback that actually took him to an AFC uh, championship game, almost a Super Bowl. I was stuck. Yeah, I I love that you said that because, yeah. um, of course, back when Peyton Manning was there and yeah. racking up all the records yeah. and winning a Super Bowl and all that, I would always tell people, you know, that would ask, you know, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. They're like, yeah, right. You probably don't even know the quarterback that was there before, you know, before Peyton Manning. I'm like, it's yeah. Jim Harbaugh, and I've been to a game. Thank you. Yeah, I've been to a Colts <laughs> game where Jim Harbaugh was quarterback, and yeah. so – I'm definitely a Colts fan yeah, and loving man. it. So I love the Colts, yeah. Yeah. Next question, <laughs> uh coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee? You a coffee yeah. drinker? Yeah. It, it took till I was a, a man, I was in my 40s. I started okay. running. I would would like run a few miles and stuff. That was the thing I was getting into and I read somewhere that if you have a cup of coffee before you run, uh, that it will help the caffeine. A little caffeine will help you out a little bit. Yeah, and then once I started, I was like, "Where have you been all my life?" You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So yeah, definitely coffee. Definitely I like coffee. that. I actually, well, I'm just gonna throw myself under the bus. Uh, <laughs> before any workout, going to play basketball or anything, I actually now have to take pre-workout coffee. Isn't enough for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I need okay. that big time cool. caffeine boost. Yeah. All right. Since we just answered that question, so Corey actually, um, and our podcast listeners know this, um, is kind of a. Um, bourbon connoisseur okay. whereas i more am a wine connoisseur yeah so would it be bourbon or wine for you i'm a pastor i don't drink no I drink. <laughs> <laughs> they both cringe like i was gonna put throw them under the bus no it's all good we'll be thrown <laughs> under the bus we don't care no i'm uh i i like red wine probably semi-sweet i tried to get into uh bourbon and stuff like that because i like cigars and and uh and i think it looks cool but it just all tastes like gasoline to me. So maybe I... <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I'm more of a wine guy myself. <laughs> all right, last question. Um, what's your favorite thing to do um, on a date with uh, or favorite place to go? Let me yeah. rephrase the question here real quick. <laughs> you don't on a know. date with your yeah, wife. I can answer what my favorite thing to do is. <laughs> we, we probably all have the same thing we like to do on the date. <laughs> yeah. uh, what we, activity? Well, yeah. that, that didn't sound right either. Ding, this, ding, ding. You, you know what I'm trying to ask, okay? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite place to go eat? Uh, yeah, how about that? Well, we uh, we love going to movies. We like superhero movies and stuff, Marvel stuff, and even DC comics. Um, but uh, So on just a date, usually a movie and uh, a meal. I could eat any a number of places, so... So is it like local or is it chain? Uh, sometimes local, usually a chain uh, place. But I, I don't know if it fits in a date category, but we just love traveling anywhere. We have that in common. We love to go different places and whatnot. I love that. Yeah. Well, we close every episode with, you got something you want to say? Yeah, one last thing. <laughs>
I'm just, you know, if case our um, listeners want to kind of look you up or kind of follow what, what you're doing and what God's doing in Piqua, yeah. um, can you just tell them, is it just a Facebook page? Is it a website? You know, just yeah. a, some kind of information, you know, if for you? If you go to uh, truevinechurch.us and you can get to our Facebook page and all the information you need to know. And keep in mind, we're going to be uh, changing that name to Kingdom Life uh, Church soon. But um, you can you can find out anything you need to know there. And you're on socials. You're on Facebook. I yeah, that, you just Facebook look friends. up John Scott on Facebook and uh, Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, the whole it. shebang. Yeah, whole shebang. I love pretty it. Pretty much. Well, how we end every episode is we tell our listeners that they're loved and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. So why don't you sign off for us? All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I just want you to know you loved and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Thank you.